in the Greek mythology, there's a lot of the views that the that the uh, that the gods came and had children with women, and then they were demigods. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if that can be traced back. I'm sure it can be traced back to the ancient Near East, where these gods are coming and having children, or the sons of the gods yeah. are having children with women, and they're kind of talking, like they're kind of relaying that here. Welcome to the Pondercast, where we think deeply about the Bible and theology. Let's get pondering. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another riveting episode of the Pondercast. I am your host, Drew Petker, joined, as always, by my co-host, Perry Walter Sittens. How are you doing, Perry? I'm good. Very good, Drew. I think I, I, think I like addressing you as Perry Walter. I like the full name. That's good. <laughs> Maybe I should go by P.W. That's actually a good idea. If you're gonna start writing books, PW Sittens. could be my author name. It's like J. I Packer that, or C. S. I, Lewis. I uh, I do a bit of dabbling in short story writing, so I thought maybe that could be uh, my my fiction name. Your PW. pseudonym? So it's called pseudonym. <laughs> Not a pseudonym, but my pen name, which is oh yeah. Yeah. Anyways, might as well. Hey, what, I can't remember your middle name. That's okay. Oliver. Sure. Yeah, that's it. Got a first track. Good job. <laughs> no. Oh, it's Ron. Isn't it Ronald? <laughs> nope. Still wrong. Anyways, that's irrelevant to today's Donald. topic. No, it's actually not. Um, yeah, I think this this uh, topic for today is kind of uh, it's a little bit of a left field one, I feel like. I feel like we've... I, know, I guess all of our episodes are kind of left field nowadays, but... This one kind of caught me off guard because there's a lot this, packed into this passage is left field. If we're going to be quite honest, that's kind of how it feels. You're reading through this book. It's the first book of the Bible. And then all of a sudden, what the heck? <laughs> so we're talking about Genesis six verses one to eight sons of God and the Nephilim and how they relate to Noah. So it's um, it is left field. It's weird. It, it's very left field, and I think um, lots of Christians have kind of taken a um, a stance that was kind of created in the, the like tw- second, third century from this text, and kind of just kind of kept tradition going. And I think this is what I found interesting. I think this might be one of those cases where tradition may have may have kind of turned us astray from what the text actually says i think the reason i think that's interesting cause, I, don't know, I think tradition's good but i think sometimes we can take tradition and, and kind of maybe be misled to believe something so but. what so drew what does, what does tradition see well i can't tra- i think i came across it in my in my study but i can't quite remember so you'll have to remind me well, let me remind you then. So, okay. as far as my understanding, in the second and third century, the idea was kind of brought up that the sons of God were the Nephilim. They were one and the same. Mm. And it was mm-hmm. angels coming down, having sex with um, the daughters of God, or daughters of Adam, procreating. 
creating these giant people. Okay, so this is this is the the framework in which kind of the tradition says that type of thinking has a is huge in the book of Enoch, not in our Bible, mm, but it's mm -hmm. a it's an extra biblical text. And mm -hmm. the book mm -hmm. of Enoch has lots of references to these giants. Has a kind of a um, if I remember correct, I think there's a genealogy kind of of these these Nephilim <laughs> beings. Uh, maybe that's wrong. I, I Aren't don't they wanna... called the Watchers? Yeah, or some, I, I don't have a book of Enoch on me, so I can't actually. I really do. Say. Uh, well, no, here, no, it's it's not of giants. It's it's a long genealogy of angels. That's what it is. So it's a genealogy of angels. Oh, that ends with Satan. So it's kind of it kind of does that a weird kind of fallen angel and kind of talks about that kind of stuff. But anyways, so. My understanding is that in the second and third century, they took that book of Enoch, applied it to this text, and came with the idea that the sons of God were angelic beings, came down, intermarried with uh, women, creating the Nephilim, which were giants, these mighty men of renown. Uh, so that is yeah, the yeah. traditional view of the text, which is very interesting because Paul, <laughs> we can get this later, Paul and Timothy... No, Paul warns Timothy in First Timothy kind of to take watch of these things. Don't, don't really, don't really take lots of account into these things. I don't know if you saw that or not, but of what things? Of of these long genealogies of angels, and don't don't really take too much time to look at these things. They're kind of foolish. Don't argue about them. I thought that I think that had to do more with ethnicity. I, the I'm Jew Gentile divide. What I was reading, so in First Timothy one, it says, "Do not oh. argue over endless genealogies and foolish myths." Yeah, and so yeah. I was reading, I was reading oh. a couple of things, and they said that genealogies hmm. and myths. He's talking about the Book of Enoch. Don't act, don't worry about those things. Don't argue about those, those things. Don't. They're myths. They're not true. So, anyways, but we can we can get to that later in a little bit. <clears throat> That's First Timothy. One four, if you're looking it up. But, mm. anyways, so that's kind of the traditional view on this text. Is that <clears throat> I think that's mm. kind of been what's been what's been put out there for most of the time. That the sons of God are these fallen angels that intermarried with humans, creating the Nephilim. We're here to debunk this. Is that right? Ooh, uh, or no? No. I wouldn't say would you, that. Would you agree with that? that I, don't want okay. to, I don't want to say that at all, but maybe <laughs> when, disagree so, with it. <laughs> so do you, was that your initial view of the sons of God before you did like an in-depth study of it? Is that kind of like the ignorant point of view? Is that kind of what you thought when you first heard of the Nephilim or sons of God? Is that um, your, what you say? Yeah, I guess when I came into studying for this episode, I kind of was like, okay, the sons of God and the Nephilim are the same thing. Yeah. And that's just kind of what I've learned over the years. And then when I read the text, I thought, well, I don't think this, or not that they're the same, but that the Nephilim, yeah, kind of like what you were saying, that the Nephilim are the offspring of this marital union between, or whatever, sexual union between the sons of God and these women. And uh, when I read the text, I thought, well, I don't think you have to, I don't think it actually does really say that, mm -hmm. that, that the Nephilim were the offspring 
of the sons of God or the the women, it kind of makes sense, that's for sure. If that's the case, that 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 these are the products, you know, uh, if these are some kind of divine angelic beings, uh, then that kind of does make sense. But at the same time, there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of holes in that though. If these sons of God are some kind of angelic beings. Well, first of all, this is something that I can't, I wanted to talk about is I think we have to be careful about calling these angels. And then it kind of helps me to think through how should we be thinking of angels? And, um, and actually, I don't know. Have you ever, have you heard of Michael Heiser at all? Actually? Yes. I think I have a book. Is that the ethics he, book? Um, Do you have a book on ethics by him? No, that's Norm Guy Norman Geisler. This oh, is, I was close. That was close. Hey, is, that was a close name. <laughs> so I'm going to show you the books, Drew. So it's the Unseen Realm. Okay, yeah. And de- uh, angels and demons. So um, he wrote these. His big study area of focus is um, kind of the. Well, I'll say based on his book, The Unseen Realm. And he has written a book on the Watchers in Enoch. Uh, I'd like to get a hold of that. So his whole thing is supernatural. And uh, and he's kind of helped me. I haven't read all, <laughs> hardly read through any of those. I wanted to for this. And, um, and actually, I'll tell you that Jeremy Lawsett got me onto this guy. He he, uh, Jeremy gave us those books for <laughs> as a wedding present. <laughs> Anyways, uh, huh. we should have story. had. Why did we not have Jer- Jeremy on for this episode? How yeah. foolish of us! Well, he's the one who suggested this, actually. So, uh, we better do him in, proud. Back in the spring, yeah. I don't know if he will. He was listening. He was telling. He was saying he was listening to some Orthodox podcast like eastern orthodox podcast where they were talking about this and it was like i don't know what you're talking about man but i think people can take this a little bit in a weird way like making this a lot more you know maybe conspiracy theory or you know seeing Mm -hmm. this all over the place where maybe it isn't yeah um so anyways what i want to talk what i'm getting at with heiser is that he has helped me to think about the divine uh the divine council something that uh jeremy jeremy Lawson and i have talked about on this podcast the divine council um and so uh is that who these are these sons of god are they members of the divine council uh that's one interpretation the other thing is when i read this i thought could this be I thought, isn't there right before this, isn't it talked about the sons of God? You know, the physical sons of Adam. Are they called the sons of God? Should we think about them in that way? And I'm I'm thinking, ah. and other people have said maybe they were sons of Seth. Maybe they were some kind of earthly kings who have come down. And procreated with the uh, children of uh, in in uh, the children of Cain. Mm-hmm. That's a little maybe a little far fetched too. But there's some interesting uh, ways of dealing with this. And you know, I I will I 
I should finish. I, I realize I didn't finish my thought with the angel thing. There's a, uh, I think it just, it, it's kind of interesting. It's kind of fun to think about how should we think about angels then? How did the Bible think about angels? They're not like these cuddly things. They're warriors. Right. And angel comes from the Greek word angelos, which means messenger. So they're bringing a message and, um, and they're, and, and we see them throughout, like in the new Testament, when angels appear, people are, they're like crap in their pants, scared. So when they see angels, they're terrified. Mm -hmm. And so then, um, and I think in, in, uh, veggie tales, <laughs> this is kind of surprising actually, you know, one veggie tale, one of my favorite veggie tales, I think was when they. They march around the wall, that one, with the French peas singing, you won't knock down our wall. Jericho, yeah. Yeah, Joshua. And Joshua, Joshua's totally in despair. And I think the angel that appears to him actually has a sword and actually has armor on. Yeah. So uh, I think that's kind of important here. So then what does that mean here? <laughs> Who are these sons of God then? If we should think about them as some kind of, you know, I don't want to call them angelic. Because well, okay, so so we have to, angels think, have a particular purpose, right? So the issue then we have to deal with is the phrase "son of sons of God" because mm -hmm. elsewhere in the Bible they're definitely called sons of God and they are referred to as angelic beings, mm. right? Like good point is Daniel, Daniel, yeah, right. There's one who looked like the son of God, right? When the they're in the furnace, is that in the furnace? Okay, yes. yeah, and yeah angelic being right we, we we're okay saying that's an angelic being so you know and there's other there's other references in the bible where it says um refers to angels as sons of god job refers to angels as sons of god as well in the beginning we're talking about the divine council so if we're going to say then that these sons of god are not angelic beings how do we differentiate the phrasing do you know what i'm saying like how do you Yep, yep. Is it just a, a linguistic thing that we don't really understand? Or is it uh, a textual thing that doesn't make sense? Because it's a different situation, right? Like you're saying, in those instances, the angel is very much a messenger doing something, right? In this instance, it's kind of just a random thing happening, right? It's not really a, a, a it's a really bizarre story, actually, is what it is. Uh, if it is mm -hmm. angelic beings coming down. So so what else do we do with this? So we kind of have three ideas. We have descendants of Seth. Mm -hmm. These sons of God could be. Um, and that makes sense because Adam was considered a son of God. Right? Likewise, we have other texts where people are seen as literally the son. Not literally, but in, in a father-son relationship, this phrase is kind of used. Um, so that, that's one option. The other mm -hmm. option is mm -hmm. angelic beings, like you were saying. And then there's the kind of... I don't know, I've read there's kind of third option where it's like almost possession or something like that, or, or and I don't know what that kind of. What do you What do you mean by really, that? Well, I've heard someone was saying like these sons of God or people who are possessed, but by like oh. fallen angels, which I don't know how much water that holds, but I didn't look into that one too <laughs> much. But anyway, so uh, so it so does make sense. Do you, so what's your interpretation of these sons of God? Who are they? Like, do you have an answer for them? How can we 
differentiate this sons of God <laughs> from other sons of God in the Bible that are, are in fact angelic? Like, how can we say this isn't angelic? Mm-hmm. Or can we? Well, I don't think we have to call them angelic. Uh, I know what you mean by that. I think... I think maybe a helpful... See, and I haven't wrapped my head around this either, so that's why I'm kind of hesitant. But I wonder if we should think about some kind of divine counsel here. Because um, I think I don't think it's a far stretch to assume that the audience and the writer, the author, has that worldview of God... Yahweh, whoever, (laughs) we would say Yahweh, is the supreme God. Mm -hmm. And then there's this council of kind of divine beings. That's so weird to think about, though. And like I said, I've had a conversation on that, but just now talking about it again, it's, what does that mean? (laughs) That God, that there are act because we talk. You know, I was just reading the other day that that epic story in First Kings where the prophets of Baal, uh, they're trying to summon their god to mm-hmm. to bring down fire, and they're and they're silent, and then and then Elijah essentially, well, he kind of yeah, I'll say summons Yahweh, and Yahweh puts on a good show, doesn't disappoint. So then. Is there then, uh, are these, are these actually false gods because they're not saying anything or is their power being limited, you know, because I'm just, I'm bringing that up to think about the divine council is Baal was Baal kind of a, a lesser deity. I don't know, but all that to say is that for some reason we have, I don't know, I'd be interested in the history of this. We've kind of thought of, uh, and I think it's kind of apocryphal too, like where you're seeing Enoch, all these other books that are in the Apocrypha, which have influenced early Judaism and Christian thinking. Mm-hmm. Because we thought about Satan as kind of the chief, the, uh, the uh, we've kind of paralleled him as like the evil. He's like the the... God is the epitome, is kind of like the totality of the good deity. And Satan is like the totality of the evil deity. I would say that he does kind of have, he is kind of a deity in that sense. And, And then he has his evil angels, but why do we call them angels? You know, um, they're not. But are they? I don't know. Uh, so I feel what, like I just went on quite a ramble there, and I don't yeah, know that, what I was trying to really get had, at. That very little to do with the sons of God. Oh, what I'm trying to say is, are they some kind of divine beings that came from the divine realm? And had sex with the with with earthly women. 
Is that and so are they some kind of minor gods that did that, that crossed the threshold into the into the physical realm, and did this? That's what I'm trying to say. That's what I'm. That's all that I was trying you, to get at. Is well, that's a long-winded way to say that. Is uh, that do you, do you like think they're? I don't. I don't think it's terribly. Well, maybe I do think it is a stretch of the imagination. I think there. I, I. It does seem to make sense that that is the case because of the wickedness of humanity that. This one scholar, even Ian Proven, I think makes a really interesting case to say that that this is that these are divine beings. They're not descendants of Adam. They are divine in some way. And by divine I'm not saying they're equal to God. That's what I'm trying to get at, is that <clears throat> there's Yahweh and he is the you know, all powerful being. Mm-hmm. And then are the are there these lesser gods who have power, but they're also free to do these things? They're free to go into the world and do these things. These these sons of God have the potential to go and do these things that that's recorded in Genesis six. They have male genitalia to go do that. Right, <laughs> it's yeah. kind of odd. So anyways, he makes this case. I think it's really, really interesting that um, we see in Genesis 3, 6, the woman saw that the tree was good and she took it. Genesis 6, 2, the sons of God saw. That's the same word. That's the same phrase in Genesis 3, 6. That's parallel. The woman saw. The sons of God saw. The daughters of Adam, of, of man. That they were beautiful. That's the same as the tree was good. Tob. And they married them. That's the same as took. So what he's trying to see is that these verses parallel each other. Hmm. That the woman saw that what was good and she took. The sons of God saw that they were beautiful and they took. So maybe we shouldn't think of it as married. Hmm. They took. <laughs> interesting so so it's genesis 3 all over again and it's and and they talk about that they crossed the the threshold between human and the divine just like that that serpent figure who right. we kind of assume represents satan and we kind of therefore say that this being that this serpent is demonic and has crossed into the physical so there's kind of this interesting, we see the breaking in of the demonic right. into the physical and, and, uh, and therefore God needing to take care of this wickedness. <laughs> so then are the sons of God killed in the flood? Okay. Right. So take, well, this, but take, that, this, take the mic. Well, okay. So that you, that your last little phrase are the sons of God killed in the flood. That's a very interesting point, I think, because. There's a question that needs to be answered, but for before that, I think we should address the Nephilim because it is a part of the text in, in a certain degree, right? Um, so, so if we say the sons of God are angelic beings that mated with women and produced children, 
are those the Nephilim, do you think? Like, would you consider those Nephilim? Or would you would you say that's a different thing? Because, so if I can, I'll let you answer first, and then, and then I'll, unless you don't have anything to say, <laughs> then I'll keep going. But do you have a thought on that or not? Really? I've said a lot of stuff and haven't really said anything. So why don't you? Yeah, you haven't really said anything me. beneficial. So I'll just, I'll just go for <laughs> a little bit here. <laughs> so what I was reading and studying, it's, it kind of breaks this text into two different kind of segments. One being the Nephilim, mm-hmm. one being these angelic offspring. And uh, I was reading one author, listening to one. I can't remember which, if I was listening or reading it, I can't remember which one it was from. But they're saying that these are two different events, but they're they're tied in order to give kind of a timeline on how these events are happening. Um, and so I'll explain that a little bit. So it says in, the, in those days, the, ne- or the Nephilim were on the earth on those days. That's what verse um, four begins. And then as this little notation says, and also afterward, so before and after the Nephilim were there, when the daughters, when the sons of men went into the dar- the daughters of humans and had children for them, they were known as the heroes of old men of renown. And so this one author kind of breaks these two up and he's saying, rather than the Nephilim being the offspring of these angels, rather they're not that, they're something else, but they were there. He's kind of giving them a time frame. They were there mm-hmm. now and they're here. They're still there. Um, and so the, this guy, this, this article I was reading is saying what, what Moses or, or whoever the author of this is, presumably Moses, what he's trying to say is he's trying to de-mythalize, de- like try to debunk, try to make it less of a myth who these Nephilim are. He's saying they were, they were there before angels came and made with humans. They're there afterwards. They're not these mythical beings. They're not these big giants. They, they were there before this happened. It's not a result of this happening. And that's why it's in the text. The text doesn't doesn't tell the first readers who the Nephilim are. It's saying they were there before this event happened and they're still here afterwards. So it's kind of showing that because the sons of God came and went into the, the daughters of man, it doesn't mean that's the product of these Nephilim, these giants. And so that's real. That's a really interesting thought when you read the text. It's it's, it's saying something different than than it was a pro- product of that. It was saying rather, just because this happened doesn't mean this happened as a result. And I thought that was a really interesting thought. I thought that was a really interesting take on it because the text kind of, if you read it like that in a different kind of mindset rather than the traditional mindset, that is what it says. They were there before. They were also there afterwards when this event happened. So it's kind of separating the text in two different pieces. So uh, does that make sense? It's kind of giving me a time frame of when this event happened before mm-hmm. before and they were also there afterwards. Which I thought was very interesting. It kinda of, it, it it gives a different thought to the text. And then you think, oh, so who are these sons of God who are these children of sons of God and, and these women? Presumably they were men of renown. They were heroes, which could be doesn't mean they're giants, right? They could have just been conquerors. They could have been, you know, leaders. They say one guy was saying could be Gilgamesh, whoever that is. I mean, do you mean that's more of a historic look mm-hmm. at things? Mm-hmm. But it could it could mm-hmm. be interesting. It could be different people who had different influences on the time, not necessarily giants who lived in Canaan. 
presumably, mm. or, or you mean 10 foot tall people. It could have been anything. So that was kind of one take that I thought was very interesting. The separation of the Nephilim to the sons of God. Rather than saying that because of it, it's kind of a, a way of demythalizing it, saying this isn't true Israel. This isn't what actually happened. They were there before, they're there after. It's not a result of it. So these men can be defeated. And that makes sense in the context. If you look at like Joshua, when they're going to conquest, saying these men aren't sons of God. They're not that. They are they were there before, they were there afterwards. They're not this supreme being. They don't have deity power. They're not from this line. They can be defeated. And so it's so like if you look at it from that kind of context, you see, oh, he's trying to make moralize them, make them human, make them more um hmm. do, do you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Am I speaking your language here? <laughs> um yeah, I think so. You just disagree. That's fine. I just thought it was a very it was a uh, very different take than what I usually well, have read about it. So some, that's why I thought it was really interesting. Some of what you're saying doesn't make sense. Some of it does. What Maybe doesn't I make disagree. sense? Well, the reason I ask because this was a, like I said, I saw it in two different places. Now that I remember, there was one video I watched and then one article that I read. And it, they both kind of lined up with these two things. So that's why I thought it was mm -hmm. interesting because it wasn't just a one-off thing that some, you know, Joe Blow wrote on his blog. Kind of two <laughs> different people and two different uh, theologians. So mm. what, what do you think about that idea? Well, uh, when you talk about demythologize, I guess what I'm wondering is, so what you're saying is that the author is trying to, to try and talk about the historical veracity of these uh, of these people they're not just mythical well yeah like trying to that's, what, that's kind of what's implied by demythologizing that they're not mythical yeah the Nephilim aren't this superior race that came from oh, the see. offspring of angels like that that's like trying to to, mm. to to get rid of that idea that the Nephilim are offspring of angels, but rather the Nephilim are something different than the offspring of angels. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know if that's, that's an accurate reading of the text. That, but... So do you think the Nephilim are the offspring of angels then? No, no, I don't think they are. I don't think that's what the text is saying, but I don't think it's saying, I don't think that, I don't know. I don't know if they're, I don't think they are, but it doesn't mean that I know what to do with that first. Even even with that, with what you're saying or arguing about the demythologizing, I, I don't know if that's what it's trying to get at. Right. Uh, okay. I just don't have enough. I don't have enough to make a a judgment on that because. No, and that, why that's do fine. they? Why do they? I mean, it's interesting to think about that, like that that maybe Israel can look back and see, oh, oh, these giants were there already. But then the other question is, why weren't they defeated in the flood? Uh, right. That's a bit of a pickle. But but we don't know much about the wives of those on the ark. That's what I heard, right? Like, because who was all on the ark? Do you know offhand, Noah? His wife. Well, his sons his and sons. his sons' wives. Yeah. 
So you don't know what kind of genealogy they came from either, right? Well, no, I'm serious, right? Like, right? Hmm. We don't know. Good example of that modern day. Me and my wife both have blondish brown hair. Our little girl has red hair. What the heck? Where did that come from? <laughs> but anyways, that's a side point. My point is, is that you don't know where <laughs> things come from. Genes can be passed down, right? That's all I'm saying. Who knows? Well, maybe one of their wives it's... was like 10 feet tall. Yeah, maybe. Don't know. But it is interesting. They're called the mighty men who have old, the men of renown. Yep. That sounds kind of mythological, but mythological doesn't mean not historical. That's the thing too. It's a tough word. It's not a, so, it's so not necessarily a catch all term. Like it means it's, and I don't know how to explain it. I haven't wrapped my head around that, that term, like the term, because even people call the Old Testament uh, mythical, but it doesn't mean non-historical. It just means uh, kind of the, it's um, the basis for our social uh, identity is kind of what that term lends well, itself to in, that a, make, in a way. That makes even more sense of demythalizing the Nephilim then. You're, you're, you're normalizing what it actually is in the society. You're not saying they're this superior race from the sons of God. You're saying, no, this is what it actually is. It's not the myth that they're offspring of angels rather it's just they were there hmm. anyways i don't know if i'm sold on that idea either i just i feel like i need to defend this guy because hmm. it sounded legit he talked confident therefore i need to defend him i don't know what i think either because it, it was very convincing but it also seems like i don't know i feel like there's a lot more in this text that you can unpack and get a totally different opinion on um it's hard I think, I think this is one of those texts you have to really address with a lot of humility and be okay yeah. with being wrong because there's so it's, there's so much tied up in it and you can go all throughout the Bible and keep bringing it back to this text. And it just it's, gets more confusing, I feel like, the more you read. You yeah. know, like, it's just, it's just the son, the, well, phrase, and it's, so, the phrase it's, sons of God yeah. is so uni, not universal, but it's just, it's used in different ways in different contexts exactly. throughout the yeah. whole Bible. Yeah. Therefore, it's yeah. so hard to say this is what it's meaning because mm -hmm. Jesus is the son of God. Angels are the son of God. Adam was the son of God. Well, which one do you apply to this? And you can say, well, this one's followed by an and. Therefore, well, yeah, but how much do we really know Hebrew? You know, I mean, like, it's, just, it's so hard to grasp what it's actually saying. Um, so I think we, our best bet is to, I don't know, study up, take a shot in the dark, hope for the best. <laughs> No, well, but, and that's the thing with um but humility my point is passage. humility. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead. And I mean it's reassuring that <laughs> in my research most scholars are like this is one of the most difficult passages in the Bible. So it's okay that it's we're we're having a hard time coming to a conclusion on some of these things. And does there have to be a theological reason for every single verse in the Bible? Maybe yes. it's just a historical, there has to be. No, sorry, I was just messing with you. I'm just, maybe there has to be. Um, That's a good podcast. But episode. maybe it's, maybe it's uh, just a historical marker to say that 
Well, even that doesn't make sense, though, because they're on the Earth before they're on the Earth after. So I guess there is something to be said about the giants. These giant figures are not related to the sons of God. And that kind of makes sense. Well, and, you know, it isn't. I know that we're really over time here, but that's okay. We'll return to this topic, I'm sure. So I'll just... My final thought is, it is, you mentioned Gilgamesh earlier. Well, and that, you know, the uh, the myths that came out of the ancient Near East, I don't know, you know, I know more about Greek myths than I do myths at the same time as, as the, uh, you know, Genesis. And, you know, in the, Greek mythology there's a lot of the views that the that the uh that the gods came and had children with women and then they were demigods. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if that can be traced back. I'm sure it can be traced back to the ancient near east where these gods are coming and having children or the sons of the gods yeah. are having children with women and they're kind of talking like they're kind of relaying that here in a sense, you know, that would be, that's kind of fascinating to think about that. Maybe they're actually saying, yeah, that did happen. (laughs) Um, but it's, but it, but God saw it as wickedness and well, and, and then these giant, I don't know. It's so, it's very, but the more we talk about it, the more I'm confused about it. (laughs) Well, when you, when you say that, that just bolsters the idea that the Nephilim, like he's trying to say the Nephilim are not these demigods to, to use. Yeah, terms. exactly. Like, and I don't to, know why, the, the I don't know why in this book that. he would say that though. Sorry. Uh, who knows? Yeah. Um, but I think and, that bolsters yeah. for me anyway, that bolsters my idea that these Nephilim are separate from these sons of God's offspring or demigods. Yeah. If you want to call them that, I don't know if that's an appropriate title or not, but anyways, demigods i like it it makes it easier for me it's just it's less words i don't know where to land on this one i feel like we need to come back on this one maybe with that author the author of angels and demons give him a call with mike heiser he has cancer so i don't know oh that's too bad well maybe jeremy yeah. lost will come on and talk to us tell us what's up with this we'll see Yes. But, uh, anything else you want to add to this one? Other than it's a very hard text oh. that you need to be very charitable and humble with. <laughs> I'm just more confused. Yeah, I feel like uh, us talking just made me more confused about it. So that's our sign to stop talking, I guess. Well, and especially since I, you know, I told you right before we started recording that I woke up about 10, 15 minutes before we started recording from a nap. And I can tell. My brain's foggy, so. Yeah, that's something you don't tell the listeners when you <laughs> record a podcast. That's the kind of stuff you keep to yourself. But anyways, we should digress there and finish off this episode, I guess, hey? Yeah, Burr's. Well, thanks, everybody, for tuning in once again. We really appreciate you listening and engaging in this discussion. Uh, let your friends know what we're doing here, thinking deeply. Please rate and review wherever you listen to your podcast. Uh, engage with us on Facebook and Instagram at Perry's Ponderings. And until next week, keep pondering. <laughs>